I am a god, you dull creature! We are not doing Get Help. I have been falling for 30 minutes! I assure you, brother, the sun will shine on us again. I'm just a huge fan of the sport. Can't see into the future, I'm not a witch. No? Why'd you dress like one? I am Loki of Asgard. Puny god. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a brand new episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective. The show where we reassemble the MCU piece by piece, movie by movie, episode by episode. I am your host, Subordo. And with me, I've got Sound Loki. I've got Writer Loki. I've got Jack of All Trades Loki. I am Host Loki. <laughs> Gentlemen, welcome. Glorious purpose! <laughs> That was so good. He's growling, and that means that he's happy and agrees with you. <laughs> did I just assign myself classic Loki? I think I did. I think you did. Yep. I'm Oops. fine with that. I, clear, right, well, I clearly got dibs on Gator Loki last week. So uh... Rob, do you, Rob, Robbie, Rob, <laughs> do you want do you want to be Kid Loki or boastful Loki or President Loki? I, yeah, I want to be President Loki. All right, no, no hand for you. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, you have to Let's do get the to rest work. of this podcast without one of your hands. Challenge hard. accepted. Chomp, chomp, I have to just... hold the microphone for no reason. <laughs> just look away to breathe. <laughs> hey, he and I are mutuals on uh, Twitter. <sighs> what are we talking about again? Michigan Chillers? Michigan like Chillers, episode five of Loki, Journey into Mystery. Uh, before we do that, we want to let everybody know that you can support this very show with your own journey into our Patreon over at patreon.com slash assembly required. You can join all the fun folks over there, all the discussions that we have. If you want to get our immediate takes right after we watch the episodes, that's the best place to do it because all of us are on there every week right after you watch the episode being like, whoa, and OMG, and Wow. I mean, for content like that, there's only one place you can go. That was pretty accurate. I'm not going <laughs> to <Yeah>, lie. <laughs> you missed the part where Soundlord and I say the same thing without realizing that the other already said the thing. Mm, smart. Now, Robbie, before we move into the actual episode and we start talking about everything, you wanted to elaborate a little bit on some of the details left out of the story of Loki cutting Sif's hair from last week. Yeah, so I have a quick confession. I mentioned that I had read this story in my um, classical studies class when I was in college. And I'm going to be honest, I did fine in that class, but I really didn't pay that much attention, even though I enjoyed it. Uh, so I clearly forgot something very important about that story. Uh, that was re reminded to me, listener Steph sent me a message and reminded me of something I forgot about this story. And at some point, y'all are going to groan. Okay, so Loki cuts off Sif's hair. And I said, eh, and that's, not a super important story. Well, that part isn't that important. It's cool that they referenced it on the show. What came of it was important. Uh, Thor gets really mad at Loki for cutting off Sif's hair. So Loki, in response, says, okay, okay, to calm his brother down, says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to have the, and I'm going to gauge the dwarves to make it up to you by, I'm going to have a contest and say that whoever can make the best hair for Sif uh, wins this contest. Um, and so he engages the dwarves of, <clears throat> let me try and say it correctly, uh, Sporlothime, 
Svartalheim. I know the word. I just can't Wart-tortle? say it with my tongue. Yes. Is it Svartalheim? Yes, 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 yes. You're correct. I just, my tongue okay. can't do that. Um, <laughs> oh. it, it can do a lot of things. That's not one of them. Can it sing original but... songs? What? <laughs> so... You calm down, oh, Adam Driver. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, in any case... I'm uncomfortable. Right into the show with what you think Robbie's tongue can do. <laughs> no! No, don't! Where can they do that, Chris? Uh, what is it? Assembly... I don't know the email address. Assembly required cast at gmail.com. Let us know what Robbie's tongue can do. Robbie. Can yeah, he's never had to say it. <laughs> yeah. So in any case, Loki goes, sets up this, this contest with these, with the dwarves. They do get golden hair for Sif, appease Thor. Great, 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 great. But more happens for that because Loki gets the great idea of, Oh, let me, this is so cool. Let me have the dwarves make more things as part of the contest. And the, if you win the contest, you get to cut off Loki's head. That doesn't end up, he ends up lying about that. No one gets to cut his head off. That's not important. What's important is one of the things made in this contest by the dwarves Brock and Sindri is a... Oh, that's cool. Yes. The dwarves Brock and Sindri create a hammer. And this hammer has the ability to throw it. And it will come magically back to the hands of the person that throws it. And Loki gifts this hammer to his brother Thor to help appease him over cutting Sif's hair. That hammer, of course, called Mjolnir. So, Neat. I may have buried the lead when I said that the story is just about cutting <laughs> Sif's hair. It's not that important. <laughs> it doesn't seem that important. There was one of those in the void. I mean, clearly, a lot of them were made. That's a good point. At least two. Well, today we're going to be talking all about, once again, episode five of Loki, Journey into Mystery. This one's written by Tom Kaufman, and it is once again directed by our fave, Kate Heron. We open after a twisted camera shot takes us through the TVA and the lair of the timekeepers. We rejoin Loki and the four new variants in the ruined city and the, from the end of episode four. What does TH Loki mean? Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. I had this same ah. dilemma in episode two when I was hosting. I was like, Tom oh, that's right. Hiddleston? Oh, right, Tom. I am so sorry. I forgot that was a Peach episode. <laughs> it means Floki. 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 Floki asks where he is and who the other Loki are. An old version of Loki in a 60s cosmic, cosmic, comic accurate costume answers, this is the Void, that's Alioth referring to a giant smoke monster with a face bearing down on them, and we're his lunch. Come on. Back in the TVA, Sylvie seeks answers from Judge Renslayer, but Renslayer insists she's just as much in the dark as Sylvie is. Renslayer explains she also wants to know who's behind the TVA and its lies. She tells Sylvie pruned branches, people, and objects are not killed, but rather set to a void at the end of time where nothing ever comes back from. In the void, the five loci travel through an abandoned countryside scattered with various uh, objects from other realities. Floki asks for explanations (laughs) as to what is happening, and a kid version of Loki tells him the void is a dumping ground for everything pruned. As I am watching this... And it doesn't occur to me till till a little later, but I'm watching this. I start thinking about the show, and I start thinking, wait a second, Loki, the main character, is actually just the audience in this show. 
And the more I've thought about it, the more I'm like, wait, yeah, like in most shows, you have a character that's typically not the main character. Uh, that would be like the audience, right? They're experiencing kind of everything through their lens and they're like, what's going on? And I feel like that's our Loki throughout this whole show. Floki. Floki. You're saying we're entering on this, we're going on this journey into mystery with him? Yes. By the way, I was supposed to say Journey into Mystery is the name of the comic series where Thor and Loki debuted. H slash T Danny, apparently, because he beat me to the Discord to share this fact. Hella slash Thor. He, he, called, he called me out on that. He goes, I'm beating the Sound Lord to this. That's the comic Thor and Loki are from. Eduardo, that's what TH stands for. The Hosts Loki. The Hosts Loki, yes. Yeah. When I saw the... Uh... When I saw the title, it was definitely this moment of like, wait, that's important. I know that title. What is that title? Why is it? Because I know I've written the notes for this show before mm-hmm. and uh, probably the Thor episode. And so I was looking at it. I'm like, what is that? And it wasn't until y'all were in the uh, Discord. That I'm like, oh, the Discord. You know, you can go to the Discord to have these conversations. And that was where I was like, yeah, that's what it is. But I knew it was important and couldn't place it. No, we, we went to start the episode and really just pulled the menu. I said, well, I like the, epi- I like the title. Uh, if you remember in the in the Thor movie, uh, in their little town in uh, New Mexico, uh, there is a billboard that says "Journey into Mystery." And it's a little faded, but it looks like it's for like a, a travel agency or something. Um, but that's that's their nice reference to it in in Thor. And now we have an actual episode title. Uh, you know, so that's fun. I like that. Thanks, Danny, for pointing that out. None of us would have known without you. Thank you, listener Daniel. <laughs> not just listener listener uh patron thank you patron daniel <laughs> thank you occasional guest all of our plugs are shameless you don't have to ask us we are shameless about it not a shame bone in our body depends on the time of day. shame bone was my boastful version of loki <laughs> <laughs> elaborates that alioth is a living tempest of energy that ensures everything sent to the void is destroyed they all, in their own way, remind Loki that what makes a Loki is surviving, so they run and hide. <coughs> Classic Loki says they're in a shark tank, and Alioth is the shark. Eduardo's trying so hard to just get through the notes. I've never been more impressed by this man in my life. <laughs> he just muted us all. We just don't know it. Oh. Uh. He also states the Void is Kid Loki's own kingdom, and Kid Loki states his nexus event was killing Thor. <gasps> dun, dun, Do we believe dun, that, by the way? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think I think because it was never revisited, we're supposed to believe it. I just yeah, that that is, I don't see any reason not to. That is something that happens to, that Kid Loki does in his in the comic. Uh, Kid Loki yeah, does okay. kill Thor in the comic, so I assume yes that it that it did happen. And I know that all Lokis are deceptive. But Kid Loki seems like the least deceptive out of all of them. Like, he feels like he's, I don't know, just, he might already be at that morally good place. I don't know. That's just the feel I get. I don't know. He seemed to really like it when people were all acting crazy. (laughs) Well, yeah, I mean, he thought it was funny. Uh, But he gifts Loki the the sword, and he's, for the most part, level-headed. He's not, like, trying to... It doesn't seem like he's trying to trick anybody in the time that we have on screen with him. The Loki walk past the Thanos copter. Oh, God, I screamed. 
<laughs> crawl past a jar containing Throg into an underground bowling alley with a throne of Kid Loki. Yo, we got the Thanos copter. We got the Thanos copter. Unbelievable. It's the greatest thing. I didn't think anything would top Alligator Loki, and here we are with the Thanos copter. <laughs> Picture a- Alligator Loki driving the Thanos copter. I hadn't, and now that's all I'm going to picture. <laughs> yeah, somebody somebody, draw that up and send it to us. Yes, please. A request for fan art. <laughs> yeah. uh, Chris, a lot of Easter eggs in this one, and we don't use the term Easter egg lightly, no. but there are a ton of Easter eggs in this episode. Yeah, we, al- we always make fun of those videos that are like, oh, 60 Easter eggs you missed. For, for grossly misusing the term. But no, this episode had a bunch of legit easter eggs some great uh shout outs to the comics and to the movies and to some other fun things so i would like to kind of run through some of them for you right now uh so first of all we have the thanos copter we've talked about the thanos copter before i'm pretty sure but if you are somehow not familiar with the brilliance of the thanos copter there was a comic uh back in i don't even know when it was the 80s or the 90s where Thanos was trying to steal the Cosmic Cube, and uh, Hellcat and Spider-Man were teaming up to stop him. And he's flying around New York in this big yellow helicopter that says Thanos on the tail. Pretty much looks exactly like it did in the show. That's just a thing that he had. They put it in the show. I'm so happy. James Gunn, like six or seven years ago, tweeted, when are they going to put the Thanos copter in in the MCU? And we got our answer this week. And I'm so happy. Uh, another one, of course, is uh, Throg or Frog Thor. Now, here's the thing. If we want to be like real splitting hairs on this, that might not be Throg, who is a separate character. There is a there's a character named Simon Walterston, uh, which is a reference to Walt Simonson, who wrote and, and drew Thor or... Or did his wife draw? I don't know. Well, he he wrote Thor for many, many, many years in the comics. Um, so they named this character after him sort of as a, as a tribute. Simon Walterston, who was a football player for Mississippi State, uh, which is a weird thing uh, to have in the comics. Clanga, clanga. And uh, he somehow got turned into a Thor. Uh, like Dak Prescott. Yes, like Dak Prescott. Keep, keep going. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, so he got turned into a frog. Uh, and then this frog was worthy and was able to lift a, a, a like a sliver of Thor's hammer and became Throg, the Frog of Thunder. Um, and he is a character who still exists in the Marvel comics to this day. There was actually, uh, there was a comic called Asgardians of the Galaxy uh, um, where Angela of Asgard uh, was the leader of that group. Um, Angela, the character who was an angel was originally in spawn comics was created by Neil Gaiman. He sued Todd McFarlane because they, uh, they had a disagreement over who owed the rights to the character. Neil Gaiman got the rights back. He sold Angela to Marvel. They added her into the comics as someone who'd been locked in the secret 10th realm heaven uh, for a long time. And she was secretly Thor's sister so Hel- Hela in the movies kind of steals a little bit from Angela's character, but I digress. So anyway, uh, on this team of, uh, of the Asgardians of the Galaxy, you had 
Angela, you had, uh, Col- um, oh, what's, um, I'm blanking on his name, but, uh, Carl Urban's character in Ragnarok. Uh, Scurge. Scourge. Scourge. Yeah, Scourge Execution. I was about to say Scub and someone was going to come hit me. No, <laughs> I'm quite anti-Scub. Um, Wait, what? You, you I'm, what? No, I'm kidding. I, <laughs> okay. I would never. <laughs> it was for the okay. joke of someone hitting you. I, w- I wouldn't, you know. Okay. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, All right. I'm strong in my conviction. A scub is a guy that can't get no love from me. If the listeners are wondering what a scub is, that's what it is. <laughs> also known as a bus stop. Anyway, uh, Throg was on the team. It was on the Asgardians of the Galaxy. But also, there was a time when Loki turned Thor into a frog. He talked about it in Ragnarok. It happened in Thor issue 365. The... Uh, jar that this frog thor is in is labeled t365 uh so if it's not throg then it is a frog variant of thor because he's trying to get to the hammer so anyway but that's fun it was exciting that was a lot to say a little um (laughs) other you know uh we've got loki with the vote loki button that is a reference to the vote loki comic that i talked about back at the uh when we started the series uh at one point they passed by red skull's escape pod uh, you see the dark aster, uh, which is um, yes. Uh, what's his, um, I hardly know her. The Ronan. Ronan. Ronan the yeah. Accuser. I'm blank. I'm not good with names today. Uh, blank the blankers. I cannot remember any of their names today. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Ronan the Accuser ship. That's crashed. Uh, you see it when they're getting ready to face down Elias at the end. Um, the uh, car that Mobius is driving, which. I'm not going to say this is an Easter egg, but it reminded me of the Pizza Planet truck, <laughs> which is a famous Easter egg from Pixar movies. And as someone pointed out, that meant that Lightning, oh, yeah. Lightning McQueen is driving it. <laughs> uh, I will not. Some okay. people will call that an Easter egg. And that's the kind of thing I would say, you know, I would make fun of people for calling it. Perhaps it was intended that way, but uh, but who's to say? Um, but the uh, license plate was GRNW1D, another reference to Mark Greenwald, who we've talked about before, who. Uh, Mobius was based on. Um, there's a giant yellow jacket helmet out on the landscape. Yeah, I'm curious about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, yellow jacket goes subatomic, which means that maybe he got lost in the quantum oh, realm somewhere. Oh, yeah. So perhaps that's uh, that's connected. Maybe it's just there to make us think about it. I don't know. Um, because, I mean, I will say when they show the mansion at the end, the weird space that it's in, could be the quantum realm. It, 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 there's mm-hmm. some similarities, but the quantum realm looks like a lot of things. So who's, who's mm-hmm. to say? We'll, we'll know better next week. Here's a fun one. There's a statue, uh, or the head of a statue that's been knocked over on the ground, and that is the head of the Living Tribunal. So that that's a my, big one. After the Thanos copter, that one's my favorite. So the Living Tribunal has been referenced in the MCU before. Uh, one of the weapons um, at Kamertage is the staff of the Living Tribunal. I believe uh, uh, Morbo uses it. Uh, but the Living Tribunal, we, uh, just as a refresher, is one of the great cosmic entities of the Marvel multiverse. Uh, there is one Living Tribunal for all the multiverse. So like every single Marvel universe falls under the purview of this Living Tribunal. Um He's got three faces. One is completely covered. One is half covered. One is uncovered. He might have a fourth face. I don't know. You only ever see him from the front. So I, I don't know if there's a fourth face on the back of his head somewhere. Um, but he is 
just the judge, basically. If you commit some sort of crime against the universe, the living tribunal decides your fate. Uh, so it's kind of cool to reference him there. Uh, here's a... I'm going to talk about a couple non-Marvel ones and then skip back to the big Marvel one here at the end. Uh, so in the bowling alley, there is an arcade machine for a game called Polybius. And that has been referenced in a lot of things. And it is an old urban legend. I don't think the game ever actually existed. Uh, but the urban legends say that it does, that it did, and that, you know, it was appearing in arcades across the, the world, like in the 80s or across the country, and that it was really secretly part of these, like, FBI or CIA or just weird experiments, and that, you know, these mysterious uh, agents would appear wherever this game was, and the next day the game machine would be gone. So so it's a famous urban legend. You can look into it. There's a whole Wikipedia page about Polybius out there, and it's been referenced in a lot of things. It's kind of the same nature of the D.B. Cooper uh, throwaway in the, in the first episode, where they took a real-world thing and uh, and put it in, you know, and gave it a sort of a Marvel explanation. Um the uh, ship that appears when uh, that they're hoping will be the uh, the distraction for Eliath, uh, the USS Eldridge. Uh, there are that's an actual ship, but there are again urban legends and rumors that it was part of an experiment called the Philadelphia Experiment, uh, where the plan was to actually turn the ship invisible. So just another one of those weird conspiracy theory things. So it's kind of a fun thing that they threw in there. And then finally, I would like to point out that as they uh, zoomed into the Pruniverse at the beginning of this episode, just like in the last episode, we saw Stark Tower destroyed. Only here we actually got to see that it did not say Stark. It did not have the Avengers A. It said Kang, Q-E-N-G. And Kang Enterprises in the comics... Uh, was a company that actually bought Stark Tower, uh, bought that real estate, turned it into Kang Tower, and it was run by a man named Mr. Something, I forgot. Mr. Griffin, I think was his name. (laughs) (laughs) Only it turned out that Mr. Griffin was actually, (laughs) surprise, a variant of Kang the Conqueror, who had gotten stuck at a certain point in time. So it was all part of one of Kang's, one of the Kang's uh, <laughs> uh, evil plans. Uh, so that's one of the biggest Kang references we have gotten. I'll talk a little bit about Kang later. I don't want to get too much into it. And, an- and another thing that people have pointed out is that the Sphinx is prominently featured in one, uh, in a couple shots. In the comics... There was a version of the Sphinx that was actually the timeship of Rama Tut in disguise. Now, Rama Tut is also Kang. He's everything. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying it was Kang. I'm not saying Kang has anything to do with this. I actually still don't. I'm not 100% convinced Kang has anything to do with it. But we've gotten now some pretty, pretty explicit references to Kang, at least, in the show now. Kang Tower being, I think, the biggest. And then Ravana Renslayer from the comics being a big part of Kang's story as well. Uh, so it wouldn't be completely out of nowhere for Kang to... I mean, we know Kang is coming in the MCU. Whether or not it's in the show, who's to say? But we've certainly gotten 
references now. Uh, that's that's all I have to say about about the Easter eggs. I think uh, there were a lot. It was fun. This is a fun episode to go back and just like pause and look in the background mm-hmm. and go, "What's that? What's that?" Uh, it was a very very dense uh, you know visual stuff. It's interesting if it is Kang running the show because that means that the TVA pruned a lot of his own stuff. Yeah, I don't think it. Th- That's true. So, well, here's what how I see it playing out. I think we get an end credit scene after like Renslayer is going to be a part of this somehow, and then she's going to because she also doesn't have her memories because she is also a variant, and then she's going to get her memories back, go back to her own time, and that's where we get our first shot of Kang. There we go. That's how I see it playing out as like an end credits yes. scene. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, yeah um, for me, I only think Kang would fit in the in the post-credits thing. Yeah, I don't yeah, yeah. think he'd fit as the reveal of the true big bad. Right. We yeah. haven't well, talked about him yet. And I, and I had written this for, for my where is the show going end. I, so also... In addition to everything you've just said, um, Elias is also a a big Kang tie-in. Yes, um, that is Elioth true. isn't his guard dog in the comics, but Elioth is is kind of forms the boundary of Kang's. Uh, God, this feels weird to say, Dominion of Time, because yeah. and and he use he doesn't not directly use. Elias as a guard dog like it is here, but Elias essentially serves the same purpose in the MCU. Yeah, he so can't go with farther a, than right. Elias, right? Um, right, and Elias and, and right, right, correct. And then Ren, Ravana Renslayer ends up having a story with Elias um, where uh, she accidentally releases Elias uh, and he threatens King's dominion I, with Ravana, with Elias, with all the other stuff that you already mentioned. I'm at the point where I'm going to be surprised if Kang is not there. Now, that doesn't mean I think they're necessarily, I'm not going to stake my claim on, they're going to walk through that portal, they're going to find Kang. But I I just, I cannot believe that this is not in some way going to be connected to Kang. In fact, I'm going to be shocked if it's not, and we don't get the Kang connection. Now, what you, what y'all have said, though, can absolutely make sense. Um, I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fan theory how Kang is going to show up here. I just think there's, too many smoking Kang tie-in guns to not see him um, in the, the next episode, even if it's an after credit sequence. That's how people felt about Mephisto. <laughs> I So, okay. So they're going to get I, into the tower, and I it's going to be a guy that looks like Kang, and he's going to say, I'm Ted Boner. <laughs> I did not, because there was the, the Mephisto tie-ins weren't as strong as the Kang tie-ins are here. That does again now. That doesn't mean I know how Kang's going to tie in, or even that he's going to be important to this story. But like the, it, I, and I, I'm coming I at it from the standpoint of they are intentionally pulling Kang stuff here, and I don't think they're doing it as breadcrumbs. Like I don't think they're trying to lead us to figure out that Kang is behind this. I just think they are using stuff because intentionally, as as, as writers, not as as a story link. Well, right at this point, it's they're too many yeah like there are a lot of reference i mean ravona renslayer is maybe the biggest kang yes. reference in the whole show mm-hmm. uh because from what i understand she is most well associated with kang the conqueror this mm-hmm. is sort of a reimagining of her character but in most right. of the time she is seen as somebody who is beside kang 
Um, we've right. got this giant smoke monster that has ties to Kang. We have the, the mm-hmm. Kang thing. So yeah, I think I lean a little bit more towards Chris. I don't think, I think because of the story that they are telling, Loki throughout this whole thing has had to very literally deal with different versions of himself and see a version where he could be a better version. And literally just this episode saw a bunch of versions where he could be worse versions of himself. And I think he's going to see the worst version of himself, which was yeah. the type that was at New York. That was the worst version right. of Loki. What right. if the reason that there's so much Kang stuff around this void, this Pruniverse, is because the Loki they're about to meet in that tower, the big bad Loki, has been um, assigning the TVA to prune Kang things, and he's actually a good guy, and he's trying to stop Kang mm-hmm. from taking over the timeline. So that's potential, and what you're saying there, I think, would tie into a more... Um, uh, comic accurate portrayal of Kang's relationship to Elias. That would be Elias is shielding this Loki from Kang rather than Kang is shielding using Elias as a shield. If that makes it, I feel like I, I, I'm bad with this time explanation stuff, but I think you know what I'm getting at. That He's totally surrounding Elias is surrounding right. the tower so that right. whoever is in there can't get out. Yeah. Is what you're saying. And for the record, for anyone that's going to try and gotcha me, I am literally not trying to put forward a theory that I think is true, other than I think Kang is somehow connected. <laughs> How Robbie, can I Don't know. <laughs> if anyone's going to got you based on gotcha based on this episode, it's be, it's going to be based on what they think you can lick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, Peaches, to your original point real quick, um, or one of your original points, what you just said could absolutely be true. I can 100% um, see that, but you were talking about it would be weird if Kang is um, pruning his own stuff. That could well fit into his plans. Kang, the industry, no longer served its purpose. Time to prune, prune it and cover up my tracks or get rid of it. Or, you know, it's a shell corporation that I'm done with. Here, go to the void. So, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, not again. Don't know if that's what's happening. It is possible. I think. Here, once again, here's how I see it playing out. I think we find out that this Loki has been working for Kang. And I think our Loki will finally realize just sort of like, oh, it, the, the guy's going to be like, well, who cares who I'm working for? I'm a king. And he's like, he's basically going to be like, what kind of king works for someone else? Like, who are you? Like, that's kind of how I see the character sort of being like, I'm better than this. I am better than who, because it's going to be basically a mirror of himself from New York. At least that's how I see it. Yeah. That's what my, what's going to happen next prediction was going to be was they're going to have the parallels of look, this Loki knows because he saw his future that the guy he was working for Thanos is just going to murder him. So he's going to see this same Loki working for another like mad, mad, crazy, powerful dude and be like, Hey, you're going to get murdered by this guy. He does not care about giving you anything nice. That would yeah. be good because I because I feel like thematically, it's got to be Loki at the end. Yeah, and also I think that as great as the show has been, suddenly introducing for the first time your big bad in the final episode does not work. I agree with that. So, and that's another thing I had kind of written in my ending notes, which if they just say, if this series ends with. Wait, here's here's the, the, the next 
phases bad guy in the MCU, and here's a cliffhanger. They're going to tie this off with a bow, and they're not going to introduce the big bad at the very end. I think. I think. So kind of like Chris just said, what theories I have are less because of the breadcrumbs and more because of more trying to pick up on the themes and where I think the show is going from like a, a, a theme standpoint. Yeah. Um, so I, I would, I'm not going to bet against any of you. I mean, we're not going to have to wait long to find out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank God. I know. Well, I don't I want don't it to be if, over I and yet guys, I also. I don't know if you guys knew this, but there's going to be, according to the internet, four more hidden episodes that they didn't tell us about. So Wow, we're mm-hmm. up to four? Yeah, I just made that up, but you can excited. believe me if you want. Season that two guy on that podcast, done. this Make guy it. who named himself after a fruit, said there's going to be four more episodes. What a jerk. Yeah, there's no way that they're like, I can't believe people think there will be actual. There's no way, right? What, more episodes? Yeah. No, no. There's no way. They wouldn't do no. that. They, no. They there's going to be a three-week break and then we know get that there will be more episodes. Yeah. yeah, there are some really crazy people that have some dumb theories out there. Can you imagine believing that? <laughs> <laughs> Just like believing anybody that has green on their clothes is a Loki. <laughs> that was a dig at myself, listeners. I was, you know, <laughs> that was me. At the TVA, Renslayer states that Past the Void is the end of time, which is still being written. I'm trying to sound like uh, the guy from Legend of Korra. I knew what you were going for. Oh, the announcer it. guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sylvie guesses that's where the head of the TVA is heading, is hiding, excuse me, the same way she hid in Apocalypses, which is a clearly an Easter egg to the character from X-Men named Apocalypse. You're right. They're oh, hiding inside whoa. of a co- oh Apocalypse's butthole. This is how they're going to introduce <laughs> X-Men to the MCU. No, no, no. This is how we whoa. tie into Ant-Man. They have to get really small to get inside <laughs> Apocalypse's <laughs> butthole. <laughs> And that's how it also connects to the Rugrats yeah. universe, because how it's going to work is Apocalypse is going to be eating a watermelon, yep. and he's going to uh-huh. swallow a seed, yep. and he's going to be like, oh no, now there's going to be a watermelon growing inside of me, and Ant-Man will be like, I'll go get that for you. Mm-hmm. Oh look, my friends are here. And then he'll die and be reborn as Moon Knight. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Minutes suggests using an experimental void spacecraft to get through, and Rensselaer agrees to help Sylvie. Though the whole conversation ends up just being a stall tactic until TVA Minutemen can arrive to rescue the judge. Cornered, Sylvie decides to prune herself. In the bowling alley throne room bunker... Wait, I want to interrupt you real quick because I, I, you'll know what my rating is later. This part of this episode is like the only scene that didn't really feel that great to me. Um, because... The whole time that those two were talking, there's like two separate scenes where they're talking. Half of what Renslayer, Renslayer says to Sylvie ends up being a lie. And it's weird that after she lies, gets away with lying to Sylvie so many times in a row, Sylvie decides to trust her on what happens to things when they get pruned. And she just go, she just goes ahead and prunes herself. Like, what if she was lying about that too and you just did the job for her? No, I think I... what she thought was... Like, she didn't necessarily believe Renslayer. She more so was like, that's the only thing that would make sense because pruning doesn't make sense. I also Maybe, think... but why wouldn't pruning make sense? Because how do you it's... just make something disintegrate out of nothing for an entire timeline? 
How do you summon an entire fake Asgard out of nothing? It's a show about fantasy and monsters and magic. Yeah, but like... she, does, she, she knows that. <laughs> she knows what the rules of... In- I mean, Loki had a whole explanation of what r- the rules of magic are. I think I, where her head is at... Oh, you, you go first, Sharper. Oh, well, I was just going to say, I just think it's more simple than that. I think... And, and so we kind of gets to this. I think Renslayer is actually interested in these things. We have seen that she was... And something we talked about last episode is... Is she actually in the know? Is she actually... And I think we now see she was not in the know. She's not a, a secret good guy who was misled. But she was misled, and she now, for her own purposes, wants to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I think what's going on here is Sylvie is just reading her like a book. Sylvie is able to see that this is what Renslayer wants. Renslayer, as she says, Renslayer was being real with her. Um, and I think the reason that Sylvie doesn't believe the and and Sylvie picks up on the yeah, but the time the void uh, craft is a lie, and I think that's what it is. It's just Sylvie is just reading Renslayer on what's a lie and what's a not, what's not, and and, mm-hmm. and yes, that's that's just her putting faith in herself, but that's the best she can do with what she has right now. Um, so I think that's all it is, and honestly, I think it was written that way as someone who again. I've admitted doesn't always perceive on things. I felt like it was very obvious. I felt like the show was telegraphing to me. Renslayer is telling truth. Renslayer is telling lie. Like I picked it up when Sylvie did. And I think that was the intention. So I think that's where we're going with. It's just as simple as I can get behind somebody that is supposed to be good at lying, can pick somebody else's lies and decide if they are lying or telling the truth. Like I, okay, that I can buy. What I feel weird about is maybe she had the thought of like, oh, these guys are all about to prune me anyway. So I'll just prune myself. So then why not just fight them? And if you get pruned, you get pruned. Like you could keep uh, negotiating with Renslayer into getting what you want if you win that fight. And if you don't win that fight, you get pruned anyway. I think where she's probably at in her headspace is probably I need to get to Loki. That's that's what I was going to say. Best case scenario... I do this and I get to him. Worst case scenario, well, I've already lost anyway. So what do I have to lose? So it's a gamble. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think since we have 100% confirmation that Loki or that Sylvie is a Loki, uh, (laughs) and we know that Loki is the god of lies, it makes sense that Loki would be able to tell what is a lie and what is not a lie. Mm -hmm. Sure, yeah. I can't wait till next week when all of you are wrong (laughs) and everybody that's ever talked to me about this has to apologize to me. The whole group chat. (laughs) I'm going to request an apology from everyone in the group chat. (laughs) But not if I am wrong. I'm just going to be quiet. You know? In the bowling alley throne room bunker, boastful Loki lies about killing Captain America and Iron Man. We find out alligator Loki's nexus event was eating the wrong neighbor's cat. I don't know if that was his actual nexus event or that was just uh, boastful Loki being an asshole. Yeah, it's hard to tell. That one's a little ambiguous. It could be his nexus event or it could just be him being mean. Yeah. Classic Loki tells a story about his timeline being all correct until Thanos attacked Asgard. Once again, I'm really confused about how this whole thing works, but I think it's yeah. because it doesn't work the way that we were told originally. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. I think we're supposed to believe that classic Loki is Tom Hiddleston Loki, just older. 
Like, oh. based on the way he told that story, it seems like yeah. my life was exactly like yours until right. the Thanos event. And then mm-hmm. instead of trying to stab him, right. I projected an illusion. Right. And if our thought, if what we're thinking is going on is prune the Lokis when they somehow become a threat to my goal, then, well, while he's hanging out on a planet, he's not a threat. It's as soon as he decides to kind of come back and be a good guy with Thor, nope, threat, prune him. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's how, I don't know if that's what it is. That's how I, I don't t- either. the way I he told either, that story I was, I am you. I just did a different thing at this point. Yeah. He's, he's a variant of the same Loki. Yeah. That, that's, that's exactly how I took it. Reasoning that blades are nothing to Loki's power of sorcery, classic Loki, rather than trying to kill Thanos, uses a projection to hide in the rubble of the ship, then spends eons in solitude on a remote planet reflecting on the meaning of his existence. After becoming lonely and deciding to visit Thor, classic Loki tries to leave the planet and was captured by the TVA. He states, We, my friends, have but one part to play. The god of outcasts, nothing more. Unconvinced and still missing Sylvie, Loki gives a dramatic speech vowing to kill Eliath. Thank you, no one, for correcting me on that earlier. Uh, complete with swelling music, only to be laughed at by the others. We knew you'd get there. When he leaves alone, he is greeted at the entrance of the bowling alley throne room bunker by a horde of other Loki led by President Loki. To be fair, it I, in the subtitles, it is he is referred to as President Loki. Ah, okay. I had written President oh, Loki in the notes, then saw Sound Lord's notes and changed it. Well, I actually had done the same thing. I, I had referred to him as President <laughs> Loki, and I was like, but did he actually win? Maybe he's just a candidate, so I changed it. In uh, in the... I, I noticed that as I was doing my rewatch. In the rewatch, he is President Loki. Okay. Subtitles. Boastful Loki reveals he betrayed the location of the bunker to President Loki in exchange for the throne. President Loki betrays boastful Loki, but is also betrayed by his his own horde of Loki, while Floki watches in annoyance. Do we think all of those people in the group were also Loki? Yes. I know that one of them matched the image that um, Mobius was showing in that briefing in episode two. One of them was the same exact one. Um, And a lot of them were wearing like what looked like biker apocalypse versions of Loki helmets, like made out of things they found in the desert somewhere. <laughs> um, and I'm sure they all are Loki, but I just wasn't a hundred percent. Yeah. I'm not a hundred percent, but I think that's what we're supposed to think. That's how yeah. I took it. Yeah. Yeah. And well, okay, and especially with the line of um, which one of us are you that, that present Loki. Yeah. That, uh, I, think yeah. That, I think that's our clue that this is a, a band of Loki. Fair enough. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. What do, you, what, do you, what do you call a group of loci? Like, what's... Locusts. Well, I guess it would be a horde, then. Is that... Or a swarm? What Swarm of loci? Okay. I like yeah. a gaggle of loci. <laughs> <laughs> so does Robbie. <laughs> um, excuse me. <laughs> Alligator Loki eventually bites the hand off President Loki, and a chaotic brawl of Loki variants ensues. Robbie, you were a big fan of this scene here. Yeah, I was. Um, not that I necessarily know. I mean, I don't have a whole lot of details to talk about how big it was. Um, I just thought this was fantastic. And so, okay, this episode has all this great drama, these great character moments. Like, this is a good, smart episode. 
but it also has this really, really cool, badass, hilarious fight scene in the middle of it. And this was this is about when I was watching this episode, thinking, "Oh, this is great." This is and one of the things I know. I know Eduardo is eventually going to talk about the music. One of the things I think that makes it a really cool fight scene is because it's got like a uh, like a like a fifties beach rock rendition of the Loki theme as its mm-hmm. fight music. And that's just, <laughs> it's hilarious. I um, so I, I just think that's really funny. And this was really good. And then just all the details and especially on rewatching, I, I watched it kind of watched and paused and watched and paused. And um, there's just some fantastic absurdist comedy from the moment when, when like tensions are starting to rise and why the hell is there an alligator? <laughs> and like, mm-hmm. and all the, all the fight, he's a Loki. And all the fighting, and then the alligator fighting his arm off, which is a, a, like almost a Monty Python style way mm-hmm. that it's played off. Um, and then, the, then the fight sequence—it's it's fantastic. The music's fantastic, and then just the way that um, Floki is creeping, like like tiptoeing dramatically, trying to get through. Like it's almost like a cartoon segment in the mm-hmm. middle of this dramatic episode, and it's—I just thought it was brilliant. Um, oh, and classic Loki being, you know, very Shakespearean, like, Dramat- uh, uh, a glorious purpose, and mm-hmm. throwing away the, I, I just thought it was great. Um, I appreciated this segment a lot, especially the music when I realized, like, oh, that's the Loki theme, played with, you know, on a Fender guitar or something. It's, yeah. <laughs> really good. Oh, my gosh. Just a lot of great comedy beats in this episode, just how they, uh, um, I wasn't sure if that was directed to me or not. Sorry. Um, like I love the way Loki just kind of rolls with it when, like, you have an alligator, and I'm sorry to say that that doesn't even strike me as weird anymore. <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah. and then, uh, then when he finds us Loki, he goes, he stops for a second. He's like, okay, I can accept that. <laughs> you know, they just kind of roll with it. He's like, all right, nothing, nothing's too weird for him anymore. Uh, and then just this scene of just all these Lokis fighting each other in all these different ways. And, you know, I think a little bit of foreshadowing with the way that uh, classic Loki helps him escape by creating these these doubles uh, to, to join the fight. You know, it, it's, it's a fun scene. It, it serves a purpose, but it's also just, you know, ridiculous. Yes. And I love it when they can go ridiculous and make mm-hmm. it work like that. And yes, I agree. The music was was top notch in the scene. While most of the Loki assault one another, classic Loki, Kid Loki, Alligator Loki, and Floki escape. Classic Loki laments that every version of Loki is a broken backstabber, and that will never change. Floki insists stopping the TVA is the only way to change, and he needs Sylvie to do it. Kid Loki and classic Loki, convinced, agree to help. Um, and Chris, during this whole uh, discussion, I think this is where we get where uh, classic Loki talks about being the god of of outcasts. Correct? Yes. Yeah, I, I believe it is in this uh, in this scene, uh, which I don't remember if I brought it up or not when I talked about this comic. But that comes directly from the 2019 Loki comics uh, by Daniel Kibblesmith, uh, which. Sadly, only ran for five issues before it was canceled, and they canceled it in just enough time to that they were able to kind of change course and turn the fifth issue into a finale for the series. Um, but in that uh, in that 
final issue, he talks about who he came to realization. He says, I am Loki, god of outcasts. They see themselves in me and I in them. All of us alone together. It's why my stories always end with someone trying to put me in a box and begin with my spectacular escape. And that, I think, really fits with this Loki. I mean, they're trying to put him in a box here. Uh, but this episode started, or not this episode, this whole series started with his escape from his timeline, really. And it's just been one series of boxes and escapes after another. And all these Lokis kind of have that in in common. And I, th- I just thought it was really cool that, that even though that series didn't last very long, that it made enough of an impact that they you know, kind of took that for this. And we've talked on and on, and I assume we'll talk more about it next week, and I've already mentioned it today, that so much of this story is about Loki finding his identity and what can he be if he gets out of the box that he feels like the universe is putting him in. And Kid Loki is that line in in this scene, I think, where after classic Loki says that they're all broken and the god of outcasts and, uh, you know, that's what they're fated to be. And Kid Loki says, and whenever one of us tries to do better, they send us here. It's something along those lines. And and that goes with what we've talked about when we've talked about the show is that it seems like whenever Loki tries to improve himself, the TVA comes in and says, no, you can't do that. That's not what you're supposed to be. And I think, you know, if this ends with the TVO, TVO, TVA being reformed. The TiVo. TiVo. The TiVo, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that allows you to control time in some ways. You point. can watch a show even if you're not live. You could rewind it, pause it. But yeah, if this ends with the TVA being reformed or destroyed or whatever it is, what that's doing is it's giving Lokis everywhere and every when a chance to be what they can be without being told you can't be this. You can't be the best version of yourself. You're only here to make others better and then you die. And I just think that this has been a theme that's just really developed well over the course of these uh, these five episodes. And I'm excited to see how it wraps up in, next week. Yeah, it's interesting to talk about thematically what this show is trying to do. I think it is uh, doing a really sort of, how do I put this? Art. I'm going to get, I'm going to sound like such a pretentious douche, but art in a lot of times imitates life in grandiose ways, right? Like it takes smaller things that we deal with every day and puts them and magnifies them and makes them larger than life for the sake of metaphor, you know, to really kind of hammer home. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, I, uh, when I think of this, I think of forgetting Sarah Marshall, right? You're in a breakup. Suddenly it's like your girlfriend was a movie star because you see her on the in-flight movie and you look at a box of cereal and suddenly you think of her and then you think of, you know, all these different things. And she's not a movie star in real life, but that's what it feels like. This is, it's sort of along these lines of, you know, it is trying to tell the story about Loki and who Loki can be and all of these different things that Loki has the choice to be. And at the end, it is about his choice to be better, that he, no matter what people tell him that he is, he is who he chooses to be. Which is why I think it makes sense for the villain to be about Loki, because this whole story is about Loki. It's about mm-hmm. the version of himself that he sees as better, and these versions that kind of annoy him, that remind him himself. And I am assuming that we will get the version that he sees as the worst version of himself. Makes sense. Sylvie awakens in the void in a school bus and is immediately attacked by Elioth. 
She briefly connects with the monster, seeing a castle on a rock in space that probably isn't supposed to make sense to us yet, but will certainly be important. As she flees, she's rescued by Agent Mo- Agent Agent Mobius in a oh Eduardo, it's Agent. There you go. We helped you out this time. Thanks. <laughs> Mobius expresses shock at not being one of the good guys. Sylvie says annihilating entire realities isn't hero stuff, but Mobius says he felt the ends justified the means and that Sylvie did the same thing. He does apologize for hunting her like a dog, though. Have any of you thought even a little bit about the possibility that Mobius is also a Loki? Oh, no. Until the second, no. Hmm. I thought that when Loki, when he was sitting at the table... Um, and he was getting the in with Loki and he was like getting the information out of him telling him that Sylvie died. I was like, this seems like something Loki would do. Like, this seems like mm. he's like, he's like outlying Loki right now. Who could do that right. except not another Loki? I mean, obviously he most likely isn't, but it'd be interesting if he was. I, I, it's interesting that you say that because I'm thinking about all the times that we've seen him and he's never had green on. It's a good point. Good point. How are we, the audience, yeah. supposed to know? <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe he has green boxers. Maybe they're like green Calvin Klein. I don't know why I thought of Back to the Future, but I, I guess that's where we're at. Probably all the time travel. Why does it say Calvin Klein on your underwear? <laughs> Calvin Kang. Calvin Kang. <laughs> the four loci go out to stop Eliath without a plan and watch in horror as it destroys a variant of the USS Eldridge in seconds. Um, okay, so we got some confirmation about this earlier, but this really kind of hammers it home that pruning and what they do in these timelines is not what they say they do because there's no way that you can just make giant things disappear like entire towers and ships and the world will just keep going on the same way it was. That doesn't make any sense. Like all of these people had a role to play in some way, unless it was an apocalypse. And if it was an apocalypse, then they wouldn't have had to prune them in the first place. Right. Oh, I didn't think about going back on what our hypothesis were here. Yeah, that, I guess that means it doesn't do a sort of time reset, right? Like we had no. a hypothesis yeah. that maybe it like dialed back time. Nope, it just takes a thing and drops it in another place. Right. And then whatever was happening just keeps on happening. So those people at the Ren Fair probably still remember talking to those people and feeling weird about them not dressing up correctly to the Ren Fair. And then they were just gone. And then eaten by a liar. Like that's... Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I just think uh we're going to get this. I mean, a lot of this we're going to get it next episode, right? Like we're like almost there. We're going to get hopefully answers to a lot of these things, but I think that's where I am at in that it is not what we were told it was. I've said this for what feels like every episode at this point, but we're not it's not what uh what we've been told it was and we're going to find like this is even more confirmation of that. Sylvie and Mobius arrive, and Floki introduces Sylvie to the others. Uh, us as a child, us in the future, and us as an alligator. That line <laughs> is amazing. It, it's because it's delivered sincerely <laughs> and fits the show. Like it's both absurd and 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 sincere. Like I love it at the same he time. He stumbles through it so well. He's like, "That's us as." Uh... And uh, alligator, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like like I want a shirt. I want a shirt that just is me, me, 
me as a child, me in the future, me as an alligator. Like, I just... Mm -hmm. just... (laughs) (laughs) The Lady Loki reasons Aliath... Eliath, excuse me. God damn it. Eliath is a guard dog hiding the real person behind the TVA and insists she's going to enchant it. Renslayer meets with an imprisoned B-15 to question her on Sylvie. B-15 realizes Renslayer isn't out to protect the TVA. She wants to find answers about who is behind the organization. Peaches, are you okay? I... (laughs) You know when you're just minding your own damn business and you have a thought that connects to something else you've seen? This podcast. Um, You saying that Sylvie said, um, I'm going to enchant it, reminds me of that meme (laughs) of Donkey... (laughs) (laughs) talking to shrek about the dragon (laughs) where the end part of the meme is i'm gonna fuck it (laughs) do you know what i'm talking about no i believe that it exists but no well elias face kind of does look like the dragon i just basically pictured sylvia's donkey looking at elias going i'm gonna fuck it (laughs) do you guys think the uh did you guys think that elias looks like the cave of wonders Yes. yes. Cat said the same yeah. thing. Yeah. As, as soon as Elias appeared, Cat goes, uh, only the diamond in the rough. <laughs> <laughs> only the Loki in the rough. It's it's a tweet. I'm sorry. It's the person said, Shrek, how are we gonna get past this dragon? Donkey says, We could fuck it, and then Shrek doesn't say anything, and Donkey says, I'm gonna fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> then I saw her face. I'm going to retweet that with the Loki uh skin. <laughs> B15 tells Renslayer Sylvie will find the answers first because Renslayer merely wants answers while Sylvie needs them. Renslayer leaves and demands every file on the founding of the TVA. See, that just reminded me of Coulson telling Loki that he was going to fail because he lacks conviction. Yep. Interesting that a Loki does not lack conviction. Yeah. In the void, Mobius says he has no memory of alligator Loki and wonders if he even is a Loki. Classic Loki says he must be Loki because he's green. (laughs) Uh, Mobius says the alligator may be lying, but then reasons that makes it more more likely it is a Loki. Now, Peach, I'm just going to let you take it from here. Because I don't want any of my opinion to drip into what you're about to say. I want you to get your whole point out before I say anything. What am I talking about? About whether or not these variants are actually loci. Oh, no. What? No, I was. I wrote in the notes that I still don't think Sylvie is a Loki, but I don't need to talk about it again. Is that what we're talking about? Yes. I read okay, what's listen, on the page. All, all, I, all, I have here, all I have here is that I felt like that line, the, well, he's green, isn't he? And maybe I'm reading too far into it, but that felt very much like a shut the fuck up to the audience where every time someone's like, they're Loki, they're wearing green. He's like, well, he's wearing green. Isn't he a Loki? It's kind of like the writers communicating via the dialogue saying, hey, not everything that is green is a Loki. I'm not saying that alligator Loki isn't one. I'm saying saying that it is a funny line to me. I think because it's a hilarious it, line, but I think it says literally the exact opposite of what right. you think it says. So, hold on, so you hold think- on. I have to ask a question. What percentage of the audience do you think needed that shut the fuck up line? Like, what what percentage of the audience? All of you. Was- none of all of you. That's 
All of you. <laughs> so you because think, hold, just, on, hold, because on, hold just, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I can't hold on if I haven't said anything yet, Robert. <laughs> you have. You've said so much. <laughs> you want me to keep going or you want me to wait? <laughs> keep going, but put a pin in what you just said. <laughs> Listen, all I'm saying is it is still possible that Sylvie is not a Loki. Everybody's main point is, but she wears green. That so that's not why I, their main point. But keep yes, going. it is. No, it is not. All of the other things make <laughs> perfectly logical sense that she could be another person. And then you, everyone always goes back to, but she's wearing green. No, no. That's why I thought, <laughs> shut up and let me talk. Is she wearing that's a green I, T-shirt or is she wearing no. basically Loki's clothes? <laughs> Listen, it doesn't matter because oh that's why I personally thought the line was funny was because he was basically saying everything that's green is a Loki, which is funny to me because it seems sarcastic. Eduardo, so, you just you just had a whole point and Robbie's the one coming at me and I'm not trying to come at you, but you just had a whole point about how everything in this show seems like it's been a lie and that everything could be flipped on its head in the last episode. Why isn't this part? Why can't this be a part of that lie? Why can't her being a Loki be a part of that it lie? It is possible. I, I I think we are Agreed. we are on different pages here. I think it is absolutely possible that Sylvie is part of the lie. That Sylvie is part of the bad thing. Where I where I take my grievance with you, sir, is that <laughs> I do not think that we think Sylvie is Loki because she is green. I think we think <laughs> Sylvie is Loki. Because several times the show has literally said the words, Sylvie is Loki. I don't care that she's green. I care that Owen Wilson was like, we need to find the Loki variant. This person, mm-hmm. Sylvie, the Loki variant. That's why I think she's a Loki. That's fair. But so, then we go right back to a lot of things could be a lie. They sure. could have... who the. the Governing body who's controlling the TVA strings could have said, hey, you know how we prune Lokis all the time? That magical casting person is a Loki. Go get her. And that is totally fair. It also has nothing to do with her wearing green. So (laughs) I'm just saying it comes up a lot that it's like, yeah, but she's wearing green. Come on. So I have a list of questions. One thing is, are people saying it's because she's wearing green or are they saying it's because she's wearing a child version of Loki's costume? No, when I say people, I mean you guys. I am talking about you guys. Are we saying it's because of the color Who have laughed me off the face of the planet every time I'm like, guys, she could still be her own person. Are we saying it's because she's wearing green like I'm currently wearing a green t-shirt? Yeah, you're Loki. because she is wearing a child version of loki clothes she is wearing a some in some parts green mm-hmm. possibly as guardian royalty mm-hmm. clothing okay and so you think the show writers just did that as a coincidence it doesn't need to be a coincidence it could be that she was from asgard maybe she is royalty and she has clothes that okay. represent asgardian royalty and they okay. happen to be green no, okay think- so they did it as a coincidence got it i doubt it but let's keep going so <laughs> So you believe, okay. So what you're well, saying I mean, is the I, writers- He would think that it's a red herring. I'm just throwing the- Okay. Not saying a green that herring. A green but, herring. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. So what we're saying here is the writers, while constructing the show, they're constructing the show and they're saying, well, hold on. People are going to think she's Loki because of the color of her clothes. So we now need to insert this line to make fun of those people. That's why you're saying the the because he's. I am saying, I am saying that that line was funny to me because of the circumstances of everybody 
in our group chat and you guys and people on the internet that I've seen in tweets use she wears green as a she must be like the logical equivalency of, oh, she wears green. She is Loki. Okay. So just so I'm clear, you're not saying the line was intentionally meant to be that. You're saying it is accidentally that for your small group. I guess. Yes. Okay. Okay. That's actually very helpful. Because I thought you were saying the other thing and was my head was going to explode. <laughs> so that's I was fine. saying I was saying it seems funny to me because of these circumstances that somebody in the show goes, basically, this is a paraphrase, but anything green is a Loki. I have at least two more questions. Okay. So, okay. I didn't there's, even want to talk about this because I knew this was gonna happen. There's a very power there's a very powerful moment at the end of this episode where uh-huh. And, and Eduardo is going to say these words, but where she asks him to help her with enchanting the, uh, the smoke monster and mm-hmm. the, the Cave of Wonders. And he says he can't. And she goes, yes, you can, because we're the same. Now, you are saying they are not the same. And, 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 and just I'm saying they sure might quick. not be the same. I'm saying okay, I okay. still believe it is possible. Okay. So... Then I'm questioning, and I'm, I'm asking you this not from like a fan theory standpoint, but more like a show creation standpoint. And this leads into my other question. So that means they created that moment, not as a powerful moment of the power of two Lokis together, but it's going to end up being a moment to help lead towards a bait and switch that they're setting up at the end. That's what you're saying. I don't think it needs to feel like a bait and switch because... She already goes by a different name, and there are more people in the MCU that use magic than just Loki. I don't think it's also that far-fetched that Loki, who is a very powerful magician, sorcerer, depending on if he's wearing a hat, wizard, that he could learn magic from somebody else doing magic. But you're going down a path that I was not trying to go down. I'm not trying to go down the hypothesis (laughs) of how MCU magic works. I'm not trying to go down the hypothesis of how this would work. I'm going down the, from a construction standpoint of someone writing a narrative, I'm, 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 the, the, the why does this, why does this, why does this hurt the narrative? I'm asking why, so, so then my question is why, if they set up this moment that I think is a bit tropey, but that's fine. Tropes are fine. Why are they doing it? What is the end goal for her suddenly not being a Loki in episode six? I'm confused on why this matters. I I think it would I do think it would hurt the narrative because I think the narrative is that she is the best version of Loki. Like she she is who Loki looks up to as this is who I could be. And mm-hmm. if she ends up not being a Loki, that kind of hurts the story they've been telling this whole time of him be realizing that he can be a better person. Now, there is a way for them to do it. Well, if this is the case, there is a way for them to do it well where they're, you know, he kind of overcomes it by realizing even though she's not Loki that he can still be a good or something like that. But I think I don't think that's that weird. He did that in the regular part of the MCU with like Thor yeah, but, and but Freya. He did do it with Thor and Freya, but that's not the story they're telling here, right? Not Freya. I know what Freya. you mean though with uh, yeah, yeah. uh Valkyrie or whatever. Um no, wait, is his mother Freya? See, I'm so into this now that I'm his like, I can't Freya, remember yes. this. Okay, then that is who, like Freya, Thor, Odin. Yeah, like, yeah. And it, yes, he became good because of those people. He didn't need another version Absolutely, of but that's not the story that they're telling here. They are telling the story specifically of him reflecting on himself using these variants of himself. 
you know, this is a Loki who never got the chance to mm-hmm. have these other things right. because the TVA stepped in and mm-hmm. put him in a box. Which is why I do think I don't think hurt the story. I don't think it. I don't think it would hurt that much. Because... I, I I just don't see what the point of. That's what I'm trying to get. In the final episode, saying That's by the I'm way, she's at. not a Loki. I I just don't I don't know how that right. fits. That's what I'm getting at. Is what is the point? I think you guys. Maybe I'm saying you guys too broadly, but I think Robbie well, you seem at to least, be meaning us a lot in this. Yeah, Robbie specifically. Then I guess I think you believe I think that should be some big event at the end of the sixth episode or something. I don't need it to be a big event. It can literally be whoever the bad guy is going. You're not even a Loki. Shut up. So that then could I'm be asking, it. What is that the, would be I'm big. still asking what is the point? Also, he's right. That would be big. It I. <laughs> If six episodes in, you find out that a character isn't who you think they are, that's big. Agreed. I don't need it to be a calamity, and also they're go- they said there's going to be a second season. I'm not saying you need it to be. I'm saying it is. If that is the reveal, that is big, whether you need it to be or not. Yeah. There's no way to do that small. <laughs> yeah. But Okay, but if again, if there's going to be a second season, maybe it's something they keep exploring. <laughs> there's this episode of How I Met Your Mother where Marshall and Lily keep making bets with each other. It's this whole thing about them making bets. And there's they have this one running bet about Marshall or Ted and Robin, about whether Ted and Robin will end up together. And uh, uh, Marshall thinks Ted and Robin will end up together, <laughs> yeah. and Lily doesn't. <laughs> and they, they show this like scene of them going through time, and she's like, Ted and Robin broke up. It's time for you to pay up. And he's like, not yet. And they do this like six <laughs> times. And this is Peaches. Every episode on my Peaches, we finally, we, we got this. And you're like, not yet, buddy. Not yet. <laughs> and to Marshall's credit, he was right at the end of it all. So I am happy to be a Marshall. Thank you. That is and the my- highest honor I've received in the last 10 minutes. And as you've said, anything is possible. I wouldn't, I mean, it's Wishes entirely possible. You're correct. What I'm just trying to get at is what is the, why would they be doing that? I'm not asking the. I'm you know not why, asking Robbie? for logical reasons. Do you know why? It. Because there is going to be a hidden seventh episode, and they're going to they're okay. going to blow this out of the water, and then you're going to have a whole episode to think okay. about it. Okay, okay, that's. If I get more Loki, and you're right about it, then I will happily apologize because that'll make me so happy. Right, there are worse things. I can't. I yes. mean. While I don't want it to happen, more Loki or Peaches is right. Well, I don't want it to happen because I would be absolutely wrong. I think it would be so funny if you were right. I think it would be the funniest thing to literally ever happen on this whole show. I want it to happen too. Part of me wants you to be right just because of how funny. Right, like part of me really wanted you to be right about surveillance stork too, just because of how ridiculous it was. I actually think surveillance stork was less ridiculous. I just said that to get a reaction. I found That's a TikTok. I don't know if I said it in the group chat, but I found a TikTok of somebody that was like making fun of people when they were making fun of WandaVision. And it was somebody who was like, you see that fly right there? That fly is actually working for Mephisto. And he's snooping in on this whole conversation. And I was like, oh my God, the surveillance fly. <laughs> Hey, if I entertain one person out there with my ridiculousness, then I feel accomplished. You're not ridiculous. I just need answers. Oh, you were nicer than I was. 
I'm allowed to be ridiculous. It's okay. It's not always a bad trait. We, uh, we're talking about stuff that literally doesn't matter at all. None of this actually matters. It's That's not, true. It is inconsequential to literally anyone. Uh, when asked what he's going to do if he gets back, Mobius says he wants to tell people the truth about the TVA. Classic Loki questions turning on the thing you've devoted your whole life to and is stunned when Mobius says, it's never too late to change. Uh, now, that's kind of the the whole point of the show. Like, that's the show. Like, if you were going to say, oh, look, they named the, that's the name of the show. It's literally this, right? Never too late to change? Yeah. Yeah, and, and a lot of this actually ties into stuff Chris already said. Um, but on my rewatch, one of the things, that, so on my first watch, I thought about that line about Mobius. I'm like, oh, that's the name of the show, which it's not, but you know. But on my rewatch, I noticed the way classic Loki reacts to that. The way classic Loki goes, oh, that's a good thought. Like, that scene is very specifically classic Loki being shocked by Mobius turning back on everything he thought he was until this moment and saying, wow, it's just so easy for him. I guess it should be easy for me. And I think it's really cool to kind of at this point sort of realize that this is the theme of the show. The theme of the show is ability to change, which I also think is just a really important and powerful message that I think has been played very well here. And also to see that in this one character's arc in this one episode, the way classic Loki is handled. Um, and we see him, he's changed twice. I, I don't know that he realizes he's changed twice, but he's changed twice. He disappeared, hid from Thanos, went reflected on a planet, and that made him different from the other Lokis. That was something that my wife and I were discussing. All these Lokis get in this brawl together, except for, you know, Kid Loki leaves, it's his kingdom, but really two Lokis get stay out of the get out of this brawl and go, instead of being part of the backstabbing, go to find somewhere else to live in the void. We've got, you know, the our our Floki, who we know his reasons, and he's not trying to live in the void, he's trying to find Sylvie. But classic Loki is lamenting the backstabbing, lamenting all the betrayal and all of the, the villainy because he had all those years on that planet to reflect and think on the nature of things and to think on how worth, how useless all of his schemes were. And so he grew up. He, he's the only Loki we've seen who's grown up. And I don't think he realizes that he grew up and he realizes that he changed, but his actions are different from the other Lokis because of that, you know, that solitude he gave himself. And then he makes the conscious choice to change at the end of this episode where he is just like every, we, we've established that Loki's survive. And that's his thing, going to ride from Eliath and survive. And then at the end of this episode, he gets a really cool hero send off. Also, side note, not only is the theme of the show cool and not only is, is uh, encapsulating it in classic Loki's arc cool, but also classic Loki's hero moment is one of the greatest, I think, climactic moments in the mcu like like the end it is on the it is not far for me probably behind the portals tier of things um it would be between the music between how cool it was between how well it showed the theme of the show uh but the 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 line of we're stronger than we realize like that's like that that gave me feels you guys um it was just so good Mm -hmm. and our main character, Loki, is also going through change and, and reflect for a moment on the change he's had. He is, in his terms of life, days from trying to conquer Earth violently 
he is he at the end of this episode he is hugging Owen, Owen Wilson, hugging, giving him a hug and calling him a friend. Days ago, he stabbed his brother and spat the word sentiment at him for trying to to find an agreement. Um, like that that's a change. And the show handles this in a way that I believe that changed. The show handles this in a way that it's not like, wow, when you think about that, that's a that's a quick change. They we've given all these reasons that I think would change a person. And so you get to see this Loki, Loki becoming, you know, Owen Wilson said you can be whatever you want to be, even a good guy. And I it is just, I like when a theme is being shown and reinforced in a good way. And this show is doing such a good job of it. Um, and another thing, I had, I had some hot takes on some previous episodes uh, that I know I was alone on about not really liking, not, not hating, but not completely buying Loki's arc, how eventually he became more anti-hero, whereas he was, you know, practically mustache-twirling villain at the start of the MCU. And I kind of didn't buy that. And I think think I'm ready to say that I'm wrong because I think this show has kind of convinced me how it worked. And it's not that it's not that it wasn't shown well in the movies. It's that it wasn't shown in a way that convinced me. And I think that this show has convinced me it's the same character. And now I kind of buy how this person changed and what this person can be. And so I think this show is also making the MCU as a whole a little bit better in how I think about Loki. Yeah, I just need this portrayal to realize it. Yeah, I think even from the beginning of the MCU, uh, this Tom Hiddleston's Loki has been a beloved character for many, right? Like, mm -hmm. people have been talking about the redemption of Loki for mm -hmm. as long as I can remember, as far as the MCU is concerned, how, like, that storyline is going to be there, how we're finally going to get a redeemed Loki. And we did get one, but it wasn't necessarily the most satisfying. I mean, I guess we get one in Ragnarok. Um you know, it's there. I think part of the problem, if we're going to be 100% honest, is that no one on this planet, for the most part, remembers the events of Thor the Dark World. So a lot of that character <laughs> development that we get with Loki, no one actually remembers. Uh, because that is the Loki and Thor movie, but the movie is just so not good that people kind of, it kind of leaves their mind when they think about the sort of development of Loki. Um and I think this this show has done a really good job of this sort of the, the redemption of Loki arc, uh, because I think that's where people want to head. I would love, love, love to see the Marvel world go in a direction, like the Marvel Cinematic Universe go in a direction where we have stopped, not necessarily stopped using the comics for reference, but started going in a different direction to where heroes can be villains, villains can be heroes. We can do some interesting, weird stuff. I would love to see Loki be an Avenger. Like, how weird would that be? Like, how cool would that be? Mm -hmm. Like, take Thor's place as an Avenger. Like, I would love to see them do really interesting things like that. I think um, Reed Richards is a really great example of somebody that them, the Marvel, Marvel taking a character and turning him in, into something else with Ultimate Reed Richards and the, um, what's his name? The, the Maker. The Maker. There we go. Um, and so I would love to see marvel the mcu specifically do that with loki and i think this mm -hmm. show is kind of hopefully taking us in that direction yeah and in some ways the mcu has already started to do that with some characters but like not with like big characters right. yet i mean i get i guess the biggest one would probably be mbaku right who was a straight villain in the comics and was for a long time and you know by by the end of black panther he's you know the hero showing up at the end right. to to give the to be the turning point in the battle. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I, I think they absolutely should 
you know, do more of that. The the longer the MCU has gone on, the more it has become its own thing. And I think that's awesome. Just maybe don't do it the same way as you did it with Sharon Carter. <laughs> yes. Oh, God, why'd you remind me? I forgot because that was a thing. Because you made me mad earlier. <laughs> I didn't mean to make you mad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I, I, I don't think that point is um, a bad point. I didn't say it to bring up bad memories. I'm saying... Mm-hmm. You know, if they try it again, I hope they have more success than how we felt uh, Power Broker and Sharon were handled. That's all I'm saying. No, you're right. Loki and Sylvie sit in the cold and Loki conjures a blanket for them to share. Sylvie asks how she knows Loki won't betray her and he says, I've betrayed everyone who ever loved me. I know what I did and I know why I did it. It's not who I am anymore. They both express they don't know what to do at the end of all of this, and he suggests maybe they can figure it out together. And that's when he, like, puts the blanket over the two of them, and she's like, this kind of sucks, and he's like, yeah, I know, I know. It was a really good, it was a cute scene. Mm -hmm. Um, Lyoth arrives, and Sylvia prepares to enchant it, giving Loki and the temp, giving Loki the temp pad she stole again from Renslayer. There were several times I, I thought this music was good. Uh, the very beginning of this episode, I was like mm-hmm. ready to go because they really kind of like mm-hmm. hammered in that bum, 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 bum. And it just. Yes. That theme is like by thunder. It, it is so good. <laughs> like it just, there is just something so epic about the theme and i don't mean like epic like epic dude like i mean like like an like an epic right like a yes. like an epic ballad like this just amazing epic it's not necessarily a ballad, mythological story yeah absolutely like, like a, this epic mythological story like it is so good for the show and then i'm sitting watching this scene with president loki and it's being used again. And I didn't notice it the first time that I watched the show, but it's being used in a much more light version, but it's still being Uh used there. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is, Uh this is very, very, very good. And we get it once again here towards the end, once they're fighting Goliath and all of that. And when they finally leave to go to this hidden castle, uh, it's just so good. It's so good. Uh Uh-huh. I like lost my mind when classic Loki appears and starts conjuring up Asgard and the music starts quoting right of the Valkyries uh-huh. that I just got, I just got goosebumps just saying that like, I'm not even lying. There are goosebumps in my arms right now. <laughs> just thinking about that. What the bomb, bah, 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 like comes in with the, with the theme. And, and, oh, it's so good. Oh, this is, this is, some of my favorite music that the MCU that the MCU has done, like in any MCU thing. And I am including the Academy Award winning Black Panther score in that this is on yes, that. Yeah, yeah, I agree. For me. The I, more this show has gone on, the more I feel Natalie like Holt needs to be doing everything. Yeah. yeah. I, I, well, someone tweeted that she needs to do a Star Wars. I'm like, yes, woo! please let her do yes. a Star Wars. She can write music she, for anything. She I, retweeted it and said, yes, please, too. So, yeah. You know, everything maybe, she does is great. Maybe nope, Patty Jenkins on. can call her up and do uh, Rogue Squadron. She needs to score the Brie Larson Metroid movie. Yes. That's <laughs> fine, too. That's part of well, everything. I, I, I mean, I know, and I know you kind of just said it, so it's not going to be that hot on this podcast. But yeah, I thinking about it, this might be the best MCU score to me. Like, 
like period, not not of the shows or of the like of yeah. the MCU everything. This might be the best score. Like there are maybe individual themes from other movies that like I will like better, but just top to bottom score and how it's used throughout the show the show like this is a great score mm-hmm. it's very 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 good oh yeah it's so good. I, I hope she wins an emmy yeah, for this absolutely uh, it'll be a couple years i think um but because the emmy judging period is weird uh so it wouldn't be until i think next year's emmys that this would be eligible and i hope nobody's forgotten how good this is we gotta keep playing it everybody listen to the whole soundtrack on spotify once a day yep until yeah. it wins an Emmy. Mm-hmm. Against her protest, Loki insists on staying to help. Mobius offers Kid, Alligator, and Classic a chance to leave, but they decide to stay in the void. Kid Loki gives Floki a neat sword that Sound Lord knows stuff about. <laughs> yes. Um, that's. Uh, did you take the name out of the notes? Because I'm not going to be able to conjure that oh, in my shoot. brain. I did. Uh, li- live at 10. Uh, let me. Let me s- s- uh it is called Livetine. It is from mythology. Uh it was Loki's sword in the Norse myths. Um Livetine, by the way, means damage twig. Damage twig. Yeah, that's a mighty weapon right there. Um but in the comic Agent of Asgard, uh he has this sword. Uh and one of the cool things it can do is turn into a blade of fire, as we see later. Uh, so yeah, so there are mythological uh, references in this sword, and also specifically him using it in the comic Loki, Agent of Asgard. He actually has two interesting swords in that in that comic. I don't think we'll be seeing the second one because it would not fit in the story, um, but it's a sword that makes you tell the truth. Um, but, but yes, Livetine. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I am Norwegian, uh, but doesn't mean I know the language. Are you really? I absolutely yes. don't think I knew that. Think about my last name. I'm not I'm not good at recognizing where it's, last names come from. Yeah. Chris Norwegian. That's his yeah. last name. Yes, yeah. It's Chris the Norwegian. It's, be, <laughs> it's because the, the Italian in my blood is what you get when you look at me. Um... <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris the Norwegian is just such a slow burn. <laughs> but yes, we've 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 said my name in the podcast before, so I'm not I I'm not I will say that my last name is Larson and it is Larson with an E and the S E N spelling is how it is done in Norway. Yeah, well how did you, why don't you say Norway like that? Norway. Norway, yes. The spirit, the spirit of Norway. Will always be adventure. <laughs> adventure. Mobius alone heads through, heads back through a door, saying he's going to burn the TVA to the ground. I'm going to burn Utica to the ground. Loki passes up a handshake to hug Mobius goodbye, saying, "Thank you, my friend." While Mobius tells Sylvie, "You're my favorite." As Eliath approaches, Loki runs to create a distraction so Sylvie can try and enchant it, yelling at it and waving a flaming sword, which. I don't know about you guys, but I immediately thought of Jurassic Park while this was happening. I did too. <laughs> I did too. Hey! <laughs> Elias' visual acuity is based on movement. <laughs> <laughs> 
She begins to enchant the sentient Tempest, but the action draws its attention away from Loki. Just before Eliath can consume Sylvie, classic Loki creates a projection of the entire city of Asgard, set to a kick-ass rendition of Ride of the Valkyries, and pulls the attention off of Eliath. Sylvie asks, how can he do that? And Loki answers, I think we're stronger than we realize. Love that. She asks Loki to help her enchant Eliath. He says he doesn't know how, and she insists, yes, you do, because we're the same. Also, yes, you do. You Loki enchanted Valkyrie in... Uh, in Was it Valkyrie he Loki enchanted? He enchanted someone in... You're right. Thor. In, was it Thor Ragnarok? In, in Ragnarok, doesn't he enchant... Doesn't he enchant? He sees her memory. You're right. right. He like grabs her head and then yeah. they're in the vision of her past life. Yeah. Well, to, be okay. fair, to be fair, though, that would have been after the yes. events of New York. Yes, 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 yes. Where yes. he could have had time to learn how to fair. do that. That's so a, I wonder if Loki. we're supposed to have picked that up. If we're supposed to have picked up that this Loki doesn't know enchantment, but will learn enchantment. That's interesting. Hadn't even thought about that. I guess when he was chilling on the throne of Asgard, pretending to be Odin, he had plenty of time to look up different mm-hmm. kinds of magic that he hadn't mm-hmm. learned yet. Interesting. Send us a no prize, Marvel. <laughs> With a shout of glorious purpose and a laugh, classic Loki and his projection are finally consumed by Eliath. The Tempest Beast then turns to the two main Loki, but is enchanted just in time, opening a portal through the haste the castle Sylvie had seen when she connected. Peach. I know you don't have like an exact thing to say, but this is just good stuff. Yeah, I just, I don't know. This is another one of those episodes. Obviously, the point that I ended up making before I tried to say I didn't want to make it. Um, (laughs) And this is one of those episodes that like, it was just enjoyable in exactly the right way where I don't really have anything substantial to say about it because I was just having so much fun. Um, like this is the first time in a long time where, like Chris was saying earlier, you see those videos that are like 75 Easter eggs and maybe there were 75 Easter eggs in this one. I don't know. It's possible. And it was really cool to just like, I don't know how you guys watched this, um, obviously with your eyes, but I don't know how you, uh, handled the pausing and rewinding like I did. But when I was watching this, I would see a thing and I would go, Oh shit. And I would back up and I would look at it for a while. And then I keep going. I rewound probably four times to see frog Thor jumping up and down in his glass bottle (laughs) just to watch it happen. And it was just, it was like a treat to, to go through this episode and see all this stuff. It, it felt like an episode made for fan service that also had a great development of the plot. And just the whole thing was really fun. I think my favorite thing about the whole the whole episode, and Ryan, um, who is a patron, said this too, so I'm glad that we have some strength in numbers here, was I think they panned to all the different Lokis that were standing together maybe four or five times throughout the episode for different reasons. And every time they pans to every Loki <laughs> to see their reaction to whatever happened, they also panned to Gator Loki. <laughs> and it was just so funny, like, interpreting interpreting whatever the mood of the other Lokis was while looking at an alligator. <laughs> the Kuleshov effect, man. And, and, and I think that that, like, as all the great things that were in this episode, 
that all of those camera pans to Gator Loki were probably my favorite. And that's saying a lot because it's, it's just really fun. Um, and I also was just going to say more nice things about Natalie Holt too, but we've already covered her. If no, you, if you're out there and you don't like this music, I think you should get new ears. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's something you can do. Uh, like get your hearing checked because this is great, great music. That's all. I don't really have much else. I just had fun. So what do you guys think we're going to see in the finale? We got one episode left. That's it. Where do you guys think this is going? I bet they're probably going to go through that portal. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I mean, so I already went through that. There's too many connections. I think we have to have Kang. Uh, But I think Chris and Peach both have better ideas for how he'll be handled. Because I'm going to be disappointed, like we said, if we walk through there. Here's the big bad, and we're we're obviously not going to beat Kang or or defeat Kang in this series. So if that's where we go, we're going to be disappointed. And this show has done too well for me to be disappointed. So I think what Chris and Peach are going to say, I'm behind. They have a better idea of this than I do. Uh, What I hope we see next is I hope we find out that Sylvie was never a Loki. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Because... Same, Robbie. Because I, I feel bad. I'm not actually mad at Peaches, and I don't actually think he's dumb. I just get... Very excited about my questions. <laughs> so I want my man Peach to have a win and also it would be hilarious. So thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> How about you, Chris? Yeah, as I said earlier, I do think thematically there being some final Loki variant as the big boss is uh what just what makes the most sense for where I, I think this what the story has been so far. Um Especially, as I said earlier, Kang has been foreshadowed, but only through Easter eggs and comics references and things that I don't think anyone else would have picked up on. Unless, you know, Renslayer saying, you know, that she has another analyst is going to be the thing that makes, you know, but that feels like that was one episode and... And then just like never brought up again. So that doesn't feel like that would be enough to justify introducing a brand new major character in the last episode. To me, me, that kind of felt like Mobius just using the line of like, oh, you must be talking about your other boyfriend. You know, yeah, all, yeah. all of us have been a, have been in a relationship or are in one have probably said that line. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I think as a post credits tease and, you know, that. That's not wouldn't be the first time that Loki has been a major character and then we get a credits tease of a major villain coming soon. Uh, yeah. So so that would kind of work. As I, unless this hypothetical King Loki is actually Immortus, who is another version of Kang. Uh, and I don't know how they do that. But I just feel like, you know, we, we may get some thing that ties to Kang, but this episode is not going to be about Kang if he shows up at all. Uh, Peach, how about you? Yeah, so Sylvie's not going to be a Loki. Robbie got that right. And then what they're going to do is they're going to approach the castle. They're going to open the gates. And right in the center of the the room that they walk into is going to be Sharon Carter. She's going to be controlling it all. No, I'm kidding. Everything that you just said is basically the same thing. And I, and I all too, already said this earlier. I think we're going to see something parallel to the Battle of New York, right? It's It's whatever bad Loki... Uh, whatever version of Loki is pulling the strings behind all of this is going to be working for somebody, probably Kang, since we know he's coming and it just makes sense. 
and we're going to see what's what's the difference, right? What's the difference between a Loki that realizes the dude he's working for is going to betray him and can choose to be good, and the Loki that doesn't doesn't have that realization yet, wants to keep being bad, wants to take over. What? How are these two going to clash? How is that going to end the show? Um, and and what's it going to take into the future? I'm really curious how a season two works. I know Eduardo is going to say something about that, but I, I, I mean, I guess we'll we'll find out. We'll be able to speculate better after the next episode. But I am I'm very curious for probably the same thing Eduardo is going to say. Go, just take it away, because I don't want to say it. Yeah, I'm really interested to see where Loki goes in the future of the MCU. Now, the show is called Loki, so season two of Loki could be about Sylvie, since she, you know, is confirmed to be a Loki. Uh, (laughs) But, like, I just don't know what... Because, obviously, our Loki cannot just slide back into the timeline, right? It would feel right. too cheap. Like every every emotion we felt from Endgame would be like, oh, I don't care about him dying anymore because he's just going to come also, back. Also, I don't yeah. think that's the same Loki. I think that's a different Loki. Right. Mm-hmm. I think it would it, be weird if he came back to the where everyone else right. is. I think it you could know? be interesting to have a Loki who has made his his face turn and is a good guy, finding himself back in. MCU and having everybody not know whether or not they should trust him and having to deal with that. I think that could be interesting. But we kind of already had that in Ragnarok also. And then they learned to trust him over a two-hour movie. And then he stole the Tesseract. And yeah, then... he did. But that was a different Loki. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying is that here we, we can have a Loki who actually is trying to be good because, I mean... It was like a last minute thing in Ragnarok that he's like, all right, yes, I will help these people. And and then in Infinity War, you know, he gets his moment. You know, I think the most sincere moment we get of him is him saying, we will have our day in the sun again, brother, or, or whatever it was. Or the sun will shine on us, whatever that line is before he dies. Um, but having an actual hero Loki, having Thor not trusting him because I saw you die. I can't believe you're doing this again. I mourned you again. And him being like, well, that wasn't me. And you're not going to believe the God of lies and having him try to deal, having him try to deal with that could be an interesting story somewhere. And I think it could be done in a way that doesn't cheapen the first Loki sacrifice because that Loki still sacrificed himself. Yeah. This Loki didn't get the chance to do that and now he's trying to be something even better i think um, it, but will the universe let him well right and if they did okay so I'll, I'll start with kind of what eduardo said of a green i think they set it up so they could very easily reintroduce loki back into the mainline mcu but i i hope they do not because that is going to kind of cheapen an important emotional moment however if they do with this loki i think it can be handled Sort of one of the things I, I, I definitely think Keach is right about is that this is the Enchantress, that Sylvie is the Enchantress. Um, I think they've smushed two characters together, but I think what we've done is we've taken this person and when we put them in another timeline, they become a different character. I think you could put Loki in the MCU and Loki becomes an original character or, or they take some existing MCU character they've meant to use for a while 
Maybe Loki is Mephisto, and I'm, I'm not being serious, but like, mm-hmm. but you see what I'm saying. Like they put Loki back in the MCU, but he is now serving a different purpose. He is not Loki the villain. He is a different character. And then at some point, you could match him with Thor and handle exactly what Chris just. But I think if you put him in our main timeline, you can do that and essentially have him be. Yes, his origin story is Loki from a different dimension, but you're not having him serve the same purpose. You are using him as a new, almost an original character. Does that make sense? No, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Also, I wouldn't mind seeing Doctor Strange 3 be about Loki becoming the Sorcerer Supreme because that that was in the comics and that was cool. Uh, yeah. And I, th- I think that would be a fun thing to happen. But I would... Tom Hiddleston is going to end up being the longest tenured MCU actor at some point, right? Like, it's, it's do we think gonna he's going to last longer? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I feel like he well, only like, has I mean, to go a couple more years, right? There's Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany's got him beat. That's oh, right. True, I constantly true. forget that. I, yeah. I constantly forget that. You know, that. Paul Bettany has said he is not signed on for any more Marvel movies or TV shows. That's a mistake. Yeah. So, it doesn't mean that they won't. I mean, you're, you're not wrong, but right now... Yeah. He's not signed on to do anything else. I would yeah. be very sad if we never saw Vision again. Well, yeah. Especially, with, yeah, especially with the like way WandaVision ended. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited. I know. I really want it to be Wednesday. <laughs> Ratings. Peach. But I also don't want it to be over. Yeah. Yeah. Ratings. Peach, we'll start with you. Um, I, I shouldn't have to question this because I'm staring at what I wrote down. I'm, I'm feeling like... You guys maybe convinced me a little on the scene that dragged my score down half a point, but I also don't want to conform. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to decide flipping of a coin. I, You know what? I'll do it. I think this one was uh, nine frog Thors out of 10. I think it deserves that. I had a lot of fun watching it. I'd go watch it again right now and be just as giddy. Eduardo? I'm giving it nine Jurassic Park references out of 10, and I'll go a step further. I, depending on how next week goes, this might be my favorite of the Disney Plus shows so far. And mm-hmm. that is a very, very difficult hill to like go over. But this one might do it. It's that good. Let me... Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just make sure I, I've got clarity. I'm right there with you. Did, do you mean all shows on Disney Plus or all Marvel shows on Disney Plus? I don't know! Okay. <laughs> I, what I show meant, that isn't a Marvel show would be I better? I meant Marvel. Uh, the Mighty Ducks. <laughs> Do you think Mandalorian is better? Is that what Season the, one the, of the Mandalorian is very good? Yeah. It's not better than this show. You like season one more? Yeah, I think season one's superior show because I didn't oh, watch I like any of more. the animated stuff. And so half of the references that they kept being like, oh, here it God. is. It's the guy. I kept being like, I don't know who that is. Yeah, no, the Mandalorian is definitely my favorite Disney Plus show. This is kind. Of, this might be close, though. Hmm. I just don't agree with that. But that's I know you, a I know you for don't. A I know you don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't have to be a Star Wars junkie to think that that show wasn't as good as Loki. I don't, or whatever way I needed to say that. It doesn't matter. The point is, I don't have to be a fan of either of the show to think one of them is better. Okay. Of the content of the show. Okay. You know what I'm saying? You're right. That's fine. Chris, what's your rating? I gave it nine Thanos copters out of ten. And uh Robbie, you're the only one that hasn't given a rating yet, right? Uh yeah. I, I'm honestly shocked um that I'm on an island here. I 
think that this was basically a perfect episode of television. Um, this was 10 satisfying character arcs out of 10. Solid. Yeah, this is insane. This show is very the show good. Is yes, so good. It is. it is very good. It's interesting to think about, especially when we have like the last episode kind of looming over us and we're just mm-hmm. all like fingers crossed hoping that it won't yeah. flop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because after we watched WandaVision, I just couldn't imagine a Marvel show being better than WandaVision. Yep. Like it had its flaws, but I was like, they're not going to beat this with the things yeah. that they've slated. And I I think we might be proven wrong. Yeah. Also, it's- before we saw any of them, this was the show I felt like the least... Uh, Agreed. Not oh, I, wow. wait. Let me yeah. let me pick the right word. I I wasn't the least excited about it, but it seemed like the most unknown of the shows because they came out swinging with WandaVision is going to be a sitcom thing, and we were like, oh my gosh, that concept is really cool. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. From right away, you go, it's going to be a Falcon and the Winter Soldier show. It's going to be like a Captain America story. We know that we like those. That'll be fine. Loki was very mysterious oh, in advertising. Were. I know Loki was very mysterious in the advertising because when they showed clips of it in the trailers, it looked like it was going to be a weird Loki does action things style show. And we were like, what is that? Doesn't make any sense. And so I was very confused about that one and not very confused about the other. I need to go and rewatch some of the things from that, from the specific trailer you're talking about. I remember Mm -hmm. Loki beating up a bunch of guys in like suits or something. And that has not happened. Oh, yeah. Maybe you don't want to go back and do it. (laughs) Like, I'm interested to see if they didn't end up using some of that. Maybe that was like test footage and they didn't end up using it. Maybe. I, yeah, this was easily the one I was least interested in. And part of that is when something has a cult following the way Loki does, Loki the character, I'm constantly waiting for them like, I feel like I'm always ready for, well, this is about to jump the shark any second now. And so I just kind of assumed, yeah, now that there's a Loki series, Loki's going to jump over the shark. And that was unfair of me. I'm completely idiotic and wrong. So No, he he, he parted the shark and walked through it. <laughs> this is the shark tank. Yeah. I'm going to enchant it. <laughs> if somebody would have told you that there was going to be this Loki show about time travel with alternate versions of Loki, where Owen Wilson plays the straight man and Loki plays the comic relief... Is that something that you would have said like, oh, I'm I'm in for that five years ago? No, because I thought there's no way they can stick that. Absolutely no way they right, can there's no way, way they could no stick way. the landing. Not on that, that I, right? right? The most right. No unbelievable way. thing right. that you not just that said was that Owen Wilson was gonna play the Right, man. yeah, isn't it? <laughs> right. And it's not that I'm not into that concept. It's that I hear that, I'm like, wow, that's just something that people fuck up. Like everyone who tries that, they screw that up. No way. No way is that gonna be good. Yeah, I can't believe they didn't use mm-hmm. Owen Wilson for comedy this entire series. And, like, he was used maybe, like, sparringly with, like, a joke here and there, but he wasn't, like, a joke character. He was maybe the most serious character in the whole show, mm-hmm. right? Like, maybe mm-hmm. next to Sylvie? But he is one of the most serious characters in the whole show. hmm Yeah, I... He's one of those, you know, you see an actor play something that you're not used to, like a, a character style you're not used to seeing them in, and it just like changes your view of them. Like, I'm like, wow, Owen Wilson is great. I, yeah. I hope I never had bad thoughts about Owen Wilson. I don't think I have. I've mm-hmm. liked the things that I've seen him in, but I always thought Owen Wilson, comedy only. That's what he does. <laughs> I also haven't seen Marley and Me, so, you know. 
tragedy. Yeah. Is it? That's why I haven't watched it. Yeah. <laughs> He's also an action Will star. Not. Cars 2. Oh, shit. Oh, True. Shanghai Noon. <laughs> Shanghai oh, Noon, yeah. yeah. And Shanghai Nights. Yeah. But he's really funny in those. Oh, this got off the rails. I think that's going to do it for this episode of Assembly Required, an MCU retrospective. If you want to support this show, this show is supported by listeners just like you over at patreon.com slash assembly required. Huge shout out to our Avengers patrons, Brian and Riley. If you want to send us whatever email you want, if you want to be like, I'm on Team Peaches on this one, if you want to tell us what Robbie's mouth do, Zombie required cast at gmail.com. Tell us what Robbie's mouth do. Uh, you want to follow the show on Twitter? Uh, it's assemblycast at assemblycast. You can follow all of us, all of us individually on Twitter. D underscore peaches for peaches. GatorSax2010 for Chris. Uh, PhilKid3 for Robbie and his mouth. And ABCD Eduardo1 for me. That's going to do it for me, for Robbie, for Chris, for peaches. We love you 3000. Bye, everybody. Excelsior. Mouth to Hell Hydra. (laughs) (laughs) Glorious purpose. Interesting. Interesting. Robbie and I are Lokis today. <laughs> Blue is one half of green. That's true. So I'm you're lower key. Not at all part of indigo. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, is this indigo? This might be more of an indigo. No. Technically, blue or green is part of black. It is true. One everything. Everything is of black. Well, no, black is the absence of color. You need to be wearing white. I always get confused which one is which. Yeah. You'd think it's the opposite because you think a lot of things mean black because it's like when you mix paints, it makes black or brown. But yeah, no. I remember being a kid and thinking, oh, so if I just take every crayon, it'll become white. And then it didn't happen. And I was really disappointed. You know what my mom used to tell me? When she used to buy me shoes, uh, like because my old ones were getting torn up or whatever she would let me pick for the most part but she always tried to urge me to get white shoes because she thought that white shoes show dirt less than black shoes because white is all the colors and black is none of the colors so if all the colors are already in my white shoe if another color tries to stain the shoe it will be harder to see you know she's out of line but she's right no, she's not. <laughs> she's, she's out of line and wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
My thermoscopter goes swas was 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 was